Welcome to the MRAC Film Club, filled with money grabbers, rabble rousers, and castaways. What we do here is every month one of us chooses a theme and we meet once a week to discuss a single theme in the occasional supplemental. There are spoils abound, we spoil everything, especially your mornings, so be prepared and watch the film. Who are we? I'm the Shotmaster General, Anthony R., straight out of SoCal, and with me as always, from the backwoods of Maine, Brian, no pants, McGee. Oh, the mug says no pants, no problem. It was a gift, I think. <laughs> uh, I'm your resident science bitch. And from Rhode Island, as always, Pete. Uh, Pete Linden, Sir Pete Linden. Hello. And still here in LA for uh, for the last the last appearance in person. Itching to get back to Thailand, like like no one's ever been wanting to get back to Thailand, Marco. Yes, yes, uh, uh, Marco, get me on that plane, burned out right. Jeez, do you hate the states that much? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Uh, wow. <laughs> wait, hold on, hold on. I spent the last two and a half weeks in in Los Angeles, which for for someone coming from. The mountains of Thailand is is a challenge. I'm just yeah. gonna say it's LA is a challenge. It it was also a challenge, I guess, being with the the family for for two weeks. Now, if you were to describe the this last two weeks in, in terms of like a Kubrick movie, what Kubrick would it be? Would it be Barry Lyndon? <laughs> would it be Kubrick <laughs> Orange? Would it be? <laughs> All right, all right. If, 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 if I'm gonna if I'm gonna talk about my family, you gotta cut it out of the recording. Oh, for sure. I promise he'll do it. Of course he will. Yeah, we'll 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 uh, we'll, we'll put it at the end, at the outtakes. We we don't have to get into it. You got we will you got um okay, so it's a clock. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> How could be space. I, I don't I don't really have I was I was like I was like, okay, it's how 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 do I feel right now? Like full metal jacket, terrible. Uh, oh do my. I feel two thousand one, two thousand one, oh terrible. Dude, is it Lolita? Oh, is it? I thought oh, of, I thought about that as a joke, but I couldn't find a way to, to associate it that that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it is. No, it's not. It's not Lolita. Well, it is Kubrick month, week two. Very exciting. Um, Brett, we're doing we're doing Barry Lyndon, nineteen seventy five, and also Lolita, nineteen sixty two. Pete, did you watch Lolita? Uh, I have no further comments on Lolita at this moment. Okay, well, we'll get to it. Bri, why don't you why don't you lead us in? I'm going to lead us in, uh, starting with an announcement of of for for Kubrick month, Ooh. big announcements for Kubrick Ooh. month. Wow, you ready? Let's um, I uh, I hereby by by declaration 
I have already uploaded a new slide to the drive. I have removed oh. all supplemental films, including Lolita. We will not discuss, out of respect for that movie, we will not discuss it today as a supplemental. Nor will, we, nor will we watch Eyes Wide Shut or any other or any other Kubrick supplementals. Much like Marco did with Kurosawa, we are going to focus only on the films listed. Um, and, and in the future, I, 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 do, I would expect a, a Kubrick 2 month that may, may or may not have already been designed. Because I may, I may have, I may have started a trend here. <laughs> well, well, there's a time. I love supplementals. There's a time and a place, but um, you know, I have a full set of full list of notes on Lolita, and it is just, it is a standalone. There's no way it would be an injustice to discuss that movie in 15 minutes or less. An injustice. I mean, wow! I'm like, I'm blown away. I don't even, I don't even know what to say. I, I was re. I could see why I was really looking forward to to talking about Lolita. And you'll but get Brian. And I promise this: you will get your chance. But you but Bri Brian, are you satisfied with your grouping of five movies selected, or do you want to shift a main feature to next month? No, no, no. no. I'm I'm satisfied with this grouping now. Okay. Yeah. You, would it, the the changes I would have made would have would have been the way that we watched like Barry Lyndon and uh, the first one. So. Oh, I want to talk I about Lolita. I, I know, Raguch, but it's just not going to happen today. Well, we already watched it. Why don't we talk about it and then talk about it again? Nope. Sorry. All of our it? time. And Marco has to leave early. All of our time is going to be focused on Barry Lyndon. It is yeah. It is funny because when we watched it, Marco did think it was the main feature the entire yeah. time. Um, yeah, I, 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 was I was surprised to find out it was not the main feature. Well, I had never seen it again, Marco. Just like your your previous month when I watched the trial, you're like, "Well, I had never seen it before," and I thought the trial was fantastic. I had never oh. seen Lolita, and then I saw it. I'm like, "Oh my god, there is no." If, if there's if there's a Wells Part Two, it's gonna include the trial. We have to do the trial again. No, I know. I, I see what you did with Curse. I was the right with now. If we're doing like a country profile, like with Iceland or D Vietnam month. Um, I throw in as many movies as I can just because we, you want to get a broad taste of the course, you know. But for this, it's like we're going to go to the Kubrick restaurant more than once, I think. Wow. So so we eliminated Lolita. We eliminated okay. Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. That was it, right? There was only one other supplemental, I yeah, guess. Yeah, because The Clockwork Orange stood alone. Mm -hmm. um, the Shining Eyes Wide Shut. And then I think... Yeah, I think uh, whatever the last like two thousand and one stood alone as well. So, so here to Barry Lyndon, I'll get started. Um, so this is based on uh, eighteen forty four novel called "The Luck of Barry Lyndon" by uh, William Thackeray. Uh, I think I, I think I pronounced that correctly. The the movie, um, although it wasn't you know a huge box office smash, it the critics saw saw that it was worth something, and they it was nominated for seven Oscars. It had four wins. It won for cinematography, art and set direction, costume design, and music. Um, it did not win. It was nominated for best picture, and it was nominated for best director, and it did not win either of those. I wonder what did win actually. Um, so very briefly. The movie takes place in the backdrop of the Seven Day War across Europe. Um, you have this Irish peasant, uh, 
No, his name wasn't Barry Lyndon. It was Barry Red Redford or Raymond Barry. Raymond Barry. Redmond Barry. All right, Redmond Barry. Um, and essentially, he lies, cheats, and steals his way out of peasantry through two armies uh, and into an aristocracy until at the end of the movie just ends up right kind of right back in the peasantry again where he started a little bit poetic um that was my that's my summary of the movie and so i'll, I'll pass the mic all right really quick i just looked up the 1975 best director was um for milos foreman for one clue over the one flew over the cuckoo's nest oh a little also, Jack which we'll see in week five yeah, also, uh, 1975 was also The Godfather 2. So it's oh, a... Did that win Best Picture? What is what, is that the right one? Because nominees announced on February 24th, 1975. So is that is that really for the previous year? Do we need to be looking at 76? Well, 76 is the Oscars, but it's is one like the, the actual Oscar ceremony is. But that's for the year of 1975, I think. The Godfather Part 2 won Best Picture. All right. All right. Well, we'll uh, <laughs> clearly we didn't do our homework. Okay. I didn't do my homework. We'll, right. we'll, have, to, we'll have to look at that. We'll have to look at that later. <laughs> All right. So uh, we go around what we see, what we say, what we think. First, first initial thoughts. Well, would anyone like to go first? Um, uh, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. So, so just based on the TypeScript, just first minute of the film. Black screen, white TypeScript. I was like, this is going to be an excellent film. I, I already knew at that moment I was going to love the film, and I was not disappointed. Okay, on, I can, on, on that note, I kind of had the, not the opposite. Well, my initial thought was right when it came on, the narration setting is like, oh, a period piece. Uh, which is well, not I, my I love I love period war films. I know you love period war films. I I do not. It takes an exceptional one for me to really get into. But I would have to say that this one he Barry he won me over not with his charm so much. He was kind of charming, but I was just very interested in what this guy was going to do next. And you know where 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 was going to I was like this is 3 hours so this is going to lead him somewhere. And yeah, I thought the the color was super bright. I found out afterward a couple things that it was filmed in candle, like the candlelit scenes were actually filmed by candlelight. And there was some special camera that NASA built that they used. So yeah, initial thoughts was I was into it for a three hour film. I was into it the whole time and we'll get into it more. But, uh, but Pete, what did you think? Um. I think I'm falling in line with the Oscars here because I I was as I watched this movie I I was so impressed with the music, um the the like I don't know what do you call it like the the background set design or whatever, um so so I was like super into um the technical parts of the movie um and then like you said what's the character going to do next. But but in terms of an overall, what I say, best picture, best actor, best best actress, I, there were definitely some areas that fell flat for me, or or that sort of dragged on. Um, but but yeah, it was fun. It was it was fun to watch if you can if you can uh, hang in there for three hours. 
Did a, you a comment on the actors actually on that on that note, Pete? Um, it's really interesting. So I was reading one of Roger Ebert's reviews of the movie, and Ebert kind of commented on the on the interesting choices of Kubrick for casting, and he he he. The I don't know. I don't want to say the point of the characters was so that they weren't these over the top awesome. I'm not say they not say they were poor mm. actors, actors or anything, but like the point was that that they you don't get caught up in their emotions because it's just very much um, it, it moves from scene to scene, almost like almost like a Wes Anderson movie. At points, I actually felt like I was watching a Wes Anderson movie, and and a lot of like if you think about the wife. Um, a Barry, Barry, Miss Linden, and a few of the other characters, they really don't show all that much emotion. And so there's a, not a whole lot of opportunity for them to, as, as we would think, classically shine on the screen for some overt, like, Sherry-like performance like we had last week, you know? Yeah, and I think that was, that was the point. You had this, like, this beautiful place extravagance and none of the characters really displayed any, any kind of real strong human emotions, except for when the spoiler alert there, there, the child dies. But other than that, you know, there's like, what's, what's driving, uh, what's driving Barry just, you know, he's very opportunistic, like, Hey, what's, what is this going to get me to out of this situation? What's going to prove me right now? Did, did anybody draw a parallel with Citizen Kane while you were watching this? Just in terms of story, in terms of like, oh, guy gets so successful, his marriages are hell. Like, did, did anybody draw that parallel and well, try to compare them both? I, I mean, I think we can talk about, I mean, this is a classic theme, the rise and fall. Uh, and and it, he neatly puts it into two chapters for us. But um I, the the main difference between this and citizen kane is uh redmond 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 comes from um he's not he's not exactly because there's there's still like in some way connected to british uh british um the higher class in in britain so they're not exactly like in the peasantry but he does come from a relatively uh low position in british society particularly as an as an irish citizen uh someone from ireland um not a citizen someone from ireland at, at the time uh and then goes from so from a, a rise at that point from the bottom so not not totally maybe what what because we, we we watched a, another Wells film that we compared to to Citizen Kane in terms of a rise and fall that might be more analogous, but it's it's escaping me at the moment. It's funny. I just reviewed notes on Irish Seminole Irish History Month years ago, and um, if I remember correctly, in the North, at a certain point in time, uh, a bunch of Protestants came over from Britain and settled in the North. And so it may, that might be the connection to England's that you feel the families actually have. So it wasn't just, you know, it's way more complicated, of course, than like Ireland, England, I think. Um, luckily, nobody, luckily, nobody's can like listen to this. because I'll probably get eviscerated <laughs> talking about talking about this topic. Don't offend all our, our Irish fans out there. Well, Irish <laughs> listeners. But he did. Yeah, he had that comment. Well, the captain at the beginning is like, I'm an Englishman. I will not. And they wanted him to marry into the family because they were going to get money. So, yeah, I guess they weren't peasants, but they weren't like extremely well off. They were 
well enough that this captain was going to marry into the family. Do we do a synopsis or no? Did I was I sleeping? I don't know. Yeah, you were sleeping. I, I was just a really brief synopsis. Okay. Okay. And we could well let's start at the beginning. So he starts. He 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 is he has a thing with his cousin. Right off the bat, was kind of like he he was very he's very taken with his cousin. Classic classic cousin game. Hide the ribbon. Find the ribbon on my body. Which she, yeah, yeah. She, which, which, which I move. Was that the move? At this? I was wondering that. Was that like her move or was that the move at the time? Because she did it with Barry it's, and then she did it with the captain. It's a slick move. It's a you slick know what that was? That that was toxic femininity. <laughs> <laughs> toxic cousin femininity. Because he was just at that point, he was just, a, you know, he was a he was a young boy in love. And then there was the duel which I got a kicked out of because this this captain who was supposed to be this brave war hero was like shaking and and shivering and he lost to Barry, which I was thinking at the time, what is with these duels where they just stand and point a gun at each other? Because that's how his dad died. His dad died in a duel over, over some money of some horses. And then they stand there and they point a gun at each other and they go three, two, one, shoot. So it's like whoever has the best gun wins yeah but that yeah, wasn't so, the so, rules at the end so i don't get it there's two different sets of rules for duels i, I it might have changed over the years or they were in a different were they in a different country or was that england still they were back in england i mean i, I mean i suppose uh it, there could have been a change of rules over the years that is a possibility i don't know how historically accurate it is uh, what but, shit but, is that? like oh you get to shoot first like you go what yeah you go you shoot first and then ch- you're only like 10 paces away from each other so chances are like it's kind of like in 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 the nfl there's a good chance if you get the ball first and you score you win right in overtime i i think i think sergio leone if he's taught us one thing he's taught us that the rules of the duel are aimed at audience enjoyment so just enjoy every minute of it I did. I did enjoy the duel, the bull, the duels. The because the second one, his gun goes off by accident, and he was going first. The um, Lord Billington. <laughs> I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. But no, it's fine. That's fine. We're talking about duels. This fast forward. Fast forward three hours. Fast forward <laughs> the, the, the the duels that bookend the film, and and then so as a as a courtesy, kind of right as a as a um an, a dual etiquette since his gun went off barry sets his gun off intentionally on the ground and he's like oh and the in the in the onlookers like oh wow now he set off his gun are you satisfied he's like no i want to shoot him maybe it was <laughs> etiquette but maybe he also saw a little of himself because he once was a young idiot in a duel that and he saw that he later on he learned he had no idea what he was doing because he didn't even realize it was staged. So I, I don't, this isn't clear, but, I, and from my, from my viewpoint, I think he actually had a moment of weakness and or sympathy and said, ah, oh, this kid does, cause he saw the kid shaking and he didn't even know what he was doing. He's like, all right, this kid is clearly not going to, he's not ready to go through with this. He's not going to go through with this. I'll give him the outright, even though I hate him, I'll give him the outright here. And then that one moment of weakness led to his demise, you know? Mm, that's interesting interesting thing to point out yeah. um yeah so fun fun facts on that so by mid-1700s duels were common enough to set rules uh the object of a duel was not 
necessarily necessarily to, to kill. It was more about proving a point and showing bravery. So the intent was typically rather to uh, injure uh, the opponent at most. Uh, so the the intent of most duels were not to um, generally not to. Uh, many duelists would merely try to strike a non-fatal wound, for instance, shooting shooting at their opponent's hips. So it's it's not it's not even to, to, to kill the other guy. It's just to show bravery and uh, extract um, some pain for an insult. Well, at the at the time, little little did they know that a shot to the leg, you lose your leg. Oh, they knew. Oh, yeah. Well, they yeah, knew. Or they, they, knew. Know. <laughs> they definitely knew. <laughs> Medical science, not not as as advanced. Maybe he shouldn't have spanked him as a as like an 18-year-old man. He wasn't the best dad. And you know, maybe that'll come up at the end of the year. Who knows? Well, he wasn't yeah, he that worst parenting. He wasn't the best. Worst. Well, he bought him a horse, although. We can't talk about Lolita, but Marco and I had three or four awards that that oh, yeah. is, is, is up oh. to parenting came in. Wait. Wait, does this mean Lolita is now no longer in the running for the awards? It's well, not. Wait, 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 wait. This is only January. True, true. Which is funny, Marco, because I did say when I made a note, like this is going to be best supplemental, which you didn't you didn't pick up on. When you thought we were watching oh. the main feature. Oh, shoot. Yeah, because I, yeah, I forgot to review all the categories. No, no, no. That Like, I've already filled out half of my awards list just based on that, on that one film. You, you Listen, you will all thank me when we discuss this in a proper one-hour setting as a major film. I promise you. Because it will happen. And... We should also say uh, Pete and then and drop some notes. He said, we should bring back the duel. I, I agree with that. If we have a you know, disagreement over a movie, just duel it out. It's a fly, fly in a midpoint, I guess. Speak, speaking of the duel, no, I, I, I actually, I, I thoroughly appreciated um, the out that Nora's family created to just get Raymond Redmond out of their hair. Like, well, we're going to have the duel. We know this guy, Quinn, or, or whatever his name was. Because at the time, like, in, in order to be an officer, you had to have um, title. You had to have a lineage. Uh, so we, we, we think of, of officers nowadays and, and modern days as having achieved a certain amount of merit. Uh, you get your, you know, you're able to get your bachelor's degree. And from there, you're able to apply for the officer corps. Uh but at the time, it was based on to, to be an officer. As as far as I know, you had to be of the landed gentry. Um, so you have these very prominent officers. Uh, but as as you can expect in most bureaucracies, many people are rising to the top uh, not through merit, but through uh, connections and some form of nepotism. So I think what's being implied there. Is that the guys? Oh, is this brave officer? He's probably like never even been, you know, that character had probably never been in, in proper warfare because you can tell by his behavior that he's clearly a massive coward. However, being of the landed gentry, he was quite um, affluent. Um, so that, but the Norris family doesn't want to lose out on the guarantee of 1,500 guineas per year. They know the guy's a total coward. 
they know Barry Lyndon uh, or Raymond uh, Redmond Barry. Barry. They know Redmond Barry is this hot-headed youngster who's not even thinking about consequences. So they set up the duel without either of their their knowledge. They put a plug into uh, Redmond's gun so that when he shoots the captain, it's non-fatal. And and the best part is is, is yeah it, it took it took it took cap the captain and an hour to wake up from the fear. So yeah. they, they managed they have the duel they satisfy Redmond they get like oh you gotta leave you gotta leave town now you gotta go to Dublin go into hiding so they they get him out of their hair so that that Quinn can uh, the captain can marry Nora, great, and the captain. He because that that his his troop or whatever they weren't actually in war they were just putting on a show because there was war correct I think they said that at the beginning he never really was in the war they were just marching yeah because because the the movie is the Seven Years War so I'm not I'm not quite sure uh, when the previous war was how like how many years of peace there were so. That leads us to you. Get Mark, Mark was going to look that up. He joins the war as a way to uh, they just getting him out of. Uh, no, he didn't join the war. They just sent him off to Dublin with with a bunch of money, just just to have him in hiding. And then he gets robbed. Yeah, and, and yeah, and 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 and, and, and I, yeah, I, I noted that I really liked that interaction. You just you're riding on a horse, and all of a sudden you just there's a you're probably hungry, you're probably thirsty, and you're like oh. This house probably has water, and it's just totally normal to talk to them, throw them a guinea, you know, and get a get a get a get a water. And then guys are just like, "Hey, you want to have dinner? No, I'm going to the next town. All right, cool." Like, if you think about asking a stranger to have dinner nowadays, it's completely unheard of. And I, 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 you know, Brian, as an Italian American, I don't appreciate that term being thrown around. By the way, Marco said it first. <laughs> Marco can say it, but you know. Wait, wait a minute. I was raised, you know, I was raised Italian, you know. I'm, I don't know, it doesn't count, you know, just the same as just I also am, but I, you know I also am Italian too. I'm just a little bit more Irish, but I am Well, Italian. you know, that won't get you in the mob. 60-40? You're, no, you're, yeah, you're 60 you're 60-40 60, your Italian heritage? This is my, 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 my grandfather's from Napoli. That's yeah. it, that's that won't get you in the mob. You know, nowadays you don't have to be full blooded, <laughs> full blooded Italian. You got to be. You got to be. I think your 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 paternal father has to be one hundred percent Italian. Your paternal <laughs> father. I mean, your father or. So 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 with so with that robbery that happened right after that, right? I just can I just say I absolutely love I I love the de- I will say the depiction of crime in those days. Robberies were so polite. So polite. What happens to what happened to robberies? We'll find out next week, I think. But yeah, they were they were very uh, they were very very polite. Excuse me, pardon me. It would be my pleasure right. to get robbed if they were all like that. Are you kidding me? So so there's no there's no conflict directly involving Britain between 1729 and 1756. So 1729 sees the end of the British Spanish War. And then 1756, you have the Seven Years' War. And then after that, it's basically in the Germanic countries. And you have the Russian-Ottoman War. And But there's no 
as far as I can tell. There's, there's no there's no conflict directly involving the British, which could imply that the captain never actually saw action. All right, okay. but who, good. It's good we clear that up yeah. for the folks at home, especially. And then I, he had one. He also had one of those faces you just want to punch. Did anybody feel that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's so obnoxious. I'm not a violent person. I've, I, you know, I've never thrown a punch in my life, but I just, you, I looked at his face and it just. You ugh. give him a. You... I, um, I thought one strong part of the storyline was how he just kept like slipping into these um, military war situations as a way to sort of like refresh his standing in in um i don't know public i, guess, I don't know as a citizen sort of like because he, as he, they said in the movie that there was a very lax oversight of screening who got led into the military so it was a way for him to i, I liked how they the movie used that to uh give him redemption it it, it was cool it was like a little bit of history and personal yeah, story I, i'm I mean, historically, demonstrating valor on the battlefield has been uh, a, a generally reliable path to uh, climbing the social ladder. However, uh, it does come at, at quite a risk uh, to do so. It's not like starting a business. I'm just like, well, you know, I went broke. It's like, no, no, you lose a limb, you die, have a horribly excruciating death. Well, there was go insane PTSD, you know, it's, it's, but, but, you know, it, it, it was, it was a reliable avenue. He, the first time he was in that first war, he, he, they were, the British army was marching towards what, what, what army were they marching towards in that first one? That was the, the French. So the, uh, I'm French, Marco. Yeah. Marcus. Which, by the way, both both the both the British and the French were played by the exact same actors. That seems to be the. Truth. Oh, really? That's a fun fact. Yeah. they were they were and they were actually so Kubrick when he when he arrived in Ireland he uh, he wanted people who knew how to kind of march in military fashion so he actually recruited Irish young Irish military members and so they played both parts them in a comedy uh. them and uh, just regular people. Hmm. I did. Yeah, they did I did a costumes based on the day of filming. Yeah, I, I did. I did appreciate the the battle scenes. Um, just just the sense of because at the time, given that the inaccuracy of of the guns that were being used, the only way to get anywhere was basically have line every everybody line up across from each other and just send volleys of lead to the other side. Didn't so anybody- just like think that that was a horrible idea yeah well i I would after watching that i would want to be on the side where you're just sort of sitting there shooting i I don't think i'd want to be on the side where you're marching toward the guns that's what (laughs) that's what i was wondering who decides who marches towards the guns and who's going to sit there and shoot whoever has the defensive position so when you have a defensive position you, you you set up where you are and then the offensive that's that's where things like high ground become really important because as uh, uh, when you're attacking a, a position, you have to actually cross over uh, a certain amount of of space, which gives the defenders uh, ample opportunity to send over a lot of scary things in your way to so like- to thin out your force before you actually get there. 
Like, so there wasn't any like, oh, because they had all so many, so many rules of engagement back then for everything. It wasn't like, ah, well, if you're the home team, you get to sit and shoot. And if you're the away team, you have to march toward at this pace. Because like, why not run? They should have, dude, I would have been like, yep, I'm running. (laughs) I'm running straight at them. So so it it usually like it's the the different side. So first of all, it's, it's the leaders of the leadership of the country are the ones that are deciding to engage in, in the conflict or the battle (coughs) in the first place. So they don't really care. The soldiers are just cannon fodder. Like they're just being sent to die. Um, But there is some, you know, need to have a, a orderly conduct of warfare. This is before guerrilla warfare or before, um, uh, how do you say, uh, uh, unorthodox, uh, methods of fighting at the time it was considered je- very ungentlemanly, like to not abide by what the agreed upon, um, sort of like rules of the game, if you will, were for, for warfare. And, and at that time people wanted to fight with ammunition and, and, and with, with guns and powder. And it, in order to have any kind of uh, movement sort of in, in the battle, you'd basically just have people lining up. And, and because the shot was so inaccurate, you're like, okay, let's just volley shots. Uh, otherwise, um, I don't know, you'd be dealing with hand-to-hand combat. You'd also be dealing with uh, the difficulty uh, from an officer standpoint of controlling uh, the battalion and how to send in you know, the troops, uh, and be able to control troop movements, um, all, all of that would have taken into, in, into play. So in general, I don't, I don't know the specific history of the, but they would have arrived, uh, in a, a sort of, there would be a, a cultural agreement within Europe as to how the battle would be conducted. All right. Yeah. Well, all I'm saying is I would have hid behind a tree. Okay. I, I, and so, so in the civil war, the, oh, sorry, me too. That's all. I, I would have, if my, if my uncle, I would have, see, that's what, that's where Barry's opportunism comes in. He see his uncle falls and he just drags him to the side. He's like, oh, I can get out of this war. And then I can go kiss my uncle on the mouth. Which, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> what, did anyone, did anyone think he lingered too long during that kiss? Or is a little that, too long. Yeah, the hand raised. I have a quote for Remember, this, this was also the time of cousin marriage. So yeah, and a lot of there's a lot of a lot of men things that we find strange today. Uh, I have have the quote from that one too. It's uh, "Kiss me, me boy, for we'll never meet again." That was beautiful. Here we go. And what about the the Pete? Do you have a comment on the photography of the scene? Yeah. Okay. So having watched a lot of um, Kurosawa YouTube videos over the past few weeks, the the first. 40 minutes of this movie i was really like down on the photography because seeing kurosawa do so much with the camera with movement with cutting and all this and then and then watching this movie from the first 30 or 40 minutes it was just these static landscape scenes and like you said maybe we don't get the acting even because they're talking very stale and i i felt that all changed a little bit right around this time where he got brought into that war scene because you remember where when uh, they had the scene where he f- did a fist fight with his fellow soldier? Yeah. 
that's the scene where like for me i don't know where how you guys felt but for me that the the photography of that scene all of a sudden got super active and may, maybe even you could say his his person his acting um you know as a character even at that scene was more of like close up and emotional but yeah going into that scene with all the action the photography movement and then going into the battle scene the movie just shifted for me it just it just um it got less stale right then i, I don't know do, do you guys have any like photography or lighting comments i i think that that would have to do with just the scene itself like for the for like at the beginning the they opens up with the duel when there's two people standing next to each other and it zooms out and that happens a few times where you're in with these people these characters and then you zoom out and you get the whole landscape and i read that you know, and I and when I was watching, I, I got the feeling like, oh, this is kind of like an old timey painting, like a painting from like the 18th century. And then I read that they were intentionally trying to model it off of paintings of that time, specifically Thomas Gainsborough, who did landscapes and portraits. Okay. And the, and also like, I mean, this is getting into more like the costume design. But yeah, I did notice that during the fight scene, which which I I made a note that it was Cool Hand Luke inspired by that fight scene in Cool Hand Luke, but they were like the camera was down pointed up at them rather than like these wide shots of involving the landscape because it was it was a fight and also on that note he was uh, i guess an amateur the actor was an amateur boxer clearly oh, fun there fact. You go. Yeah. he knew how to i mean look it, at the way he threw punches like those were good yeah his body the, shots were just technical general fisticuffs but yeah so i and i guess it has to do with the the direct i mean Kubrick being a, a stud director, just whatever the scene calls for, right? It wouldn't make sense to shoot this big wide shot yeah. the whole fight if you're in a fist of cups like that. The landscape scenes were awesome too, and the castles and and everything. So I I enjoyed that. Yeah, the castles were beautiful. If incidentally that that castle that they spent the entire second half of the movie in, um, their house essentially, it burned down right after the movie. <laughs> no what happened i don't know I, I didn't research the cause of the fire but yeah it's for a castle to catch on fire you really gotta you really gotta do something right yeah a stone castle huh? yeah. um, so moving on so then he he gets he he next actually he 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 gets out of the army by seeing the opportunity to steal a horse of these two soldiers that are that are lovers and naked in the in the in the in the river. So he steals one of their horses so he can get out of the army, only to end up in another army. The Prussian army, right? Was that the Prussian army? Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 and it's it's you know I I kind of um I was I, at this point I started to take note of the uh of the role of the narrator in the story. This is when I realized all. Oh, this narrator isn't just a narrator. This narrator has a personality and an opinion. So the narrator essentially, I assume, yeah. is just not 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 literally Kubrick, but it's not Kubrick's voice, but it's his mind, right? Well, well, and between the narrator and the words on the screen at the beginning of each section, it was almost like they were spoiling things for you before it happened. They'd be no, like, they Here, here's, here's, here's what's about to happen. 
No, no. So that that's exactly what that was intentional too. And so he's intentionally trying to take the suspense out of so so the movie's not about what's going to happen. It's not about that at all. You so you can say, oh, I know what happens now. I can focus on the present moment as opposed to making it about um. What we just watched a movie that that did this. Oh yeah, Lolita. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. Not that later. we're going to talk about that. But. Yeah. But yeah, no. But that that was so that was that was a super intentional move um, that that redirected the 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 viewers' focus on the movie. I thought that was really nice. But but clearly, you know, you 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 see again this like I don't want to say anti-war theme, um, but this this kind of mockery of both war and aristocracy that 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 Kubrick has has shown in a couple different movies, and that I know he's going to show in a couple other movies that we'll watch. Um, so. Any comments on that? Well, yeah, there's a lot of mockery in in everything of his. There's a, there's this even like in Paths of Glory, we saw that too. There's a kind of parody mockery, kind of this like dark humor, poking fun at any any everything. I see that. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't think I liked any of the aristocratic characters. They they all come across as as deplorable. Yeah. Um, I don't also. Think- also, also, I, I, I had almost forgotten to mention uh, my my comment, main comment about the film. What's going on with those moles? That's <laughs> I, I think. Do we can we all agree we have that in our notes? I mean, come on now. If we take notes, I, I didn't know Mia noticed. I did not notice. I, yeah, how do you not notice? It's like well, no, I, I, I noticed the black spots all over the, the, the face. I noticed the moles. I didn't know they were fake, like intentionally fake. I didn't know. My, Who has moles like that? <laughs> well, like, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, maybe it was a. Maybe it was a. Uh, <laughs> it was. It clearly like they put on all the makeup. They put on the white, the red, the rouge, and they get themselves all dolled up, and then they just put a blotch a black blotch and each each person has a blotch in a different location. So it's like the style of the time, a big blotch. Yeah. It's super weird. But anyway, we're getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves. No, no, no. Listen, we can't do this chronologically at this pace because we'll be here for another three hours. So listen, if, if this is what we want to talk about, I say we talk about it. But I did want to, Marco said something I did want to comment on how the people were unlikable. And I think that was the, I think that was the point usually in a, in an epic, epic film, this character arc esque type of story, you get some kind of hero. And I guess this was, I think this is the novel based on what Thackeray, whatever, if I'm pronouncing his name, right. It's supposed to be one of the first novels that has no hero. Yeah. There's just no, like Barry's the hero, but he's not like he's, I mean, you don't even, you don't even, I mean, I assume I'm, there's a big assumption, but like you, you may feel sympathy for Miss Linden, but she's not a likable character because she never stands up for herself, never fights herself. And then you like, even when the son that you want to like, you, you, I believed in the son's ideals. I was glad he stood up to Barry Linden because honestly, Barry Linden was a piece of shit. Um, but even the son was unlikable, even though he was fighting for what I wanted to. He was just this squealy, cowardly character who abandoned his family. And then so so there weren't really many characters that that I liked. But again, in, in, in this was all, I assume, intentional by Kubrick. Yeah, I think so. And the, and the, the lady, Lyndon, she only had, what, 13 lines of dialogue, I think. You didn't you didn't really even get to know her enough to have a real opinion on her. That and, is not a lot. 
You, you, I mean, Barry was, he wasn't, he wasn't a bad guy. It's, you know, when they were, are you kidding me? Oh, no, oh, no. He's so, he's, he's, it was, he's an abusive husband. When he was, come on now, when he was on the, on the honeymoon and he was smoking the pipe, he changes, he changes. Already ignoring his wife and blowing smoke in her face. Yeah, he was, he was a pretty disgusting uh, person. Well, piece of shit. He mentioned, he, (laughs) He mentioned he changes. I think one of the one of the notes I made is, and I noted this when it came up. It said the narrator said something like one of the one of the the traits that got Barry into this position is the, was the very same of his downfall. So from that point, I was like, oh, okay, so what was it? And I think it was his, you know, the his his taking advantage of opportunities, kind of his impulsiveness, and to to use things towards his advantage always worked out to get him to this position. But once he was in this like aristocratic society, that just didn't work anymore. He couldn't do that. He couldn't be, I guess, as I think and impulsive. I think he gets corrupted throughout the first hour, hour and a half of the movie by all the people that take advantage of him. And, and, and then he, and then he just, becomes part of society they make it seem when he's going through that gambling binge well he's kind of no i i don't i i think he gets set up as like this kind of opportunistic because even though like his engagements with nora like he's not an exemplary character if like at, at the beginning he doesn't take any he doesn't really do anything to win her over other than after she makes the first approach he just kind of has demands upon her and then as soon as he he doesn't do anything to like demonstrate himself as husband material. And then when she goes after the captain, then he starts getting uh, pissed off and, and starts getting involved and um, a- again, handles it by throwing a glass on the dude's face and then demanding a duel. So e- even at, 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 at that young age, he's, he's being shown to be in, incredibly impulsive. He's not thinking about anybody else's feelings but his own. Um, so yeah, but he's, yeah well. but he's probably a 20-year-old in love with a 19-year-old, and he's watching this 45-year-old wealthy guy come in and just uh, take the girl he's in love with. So it's like, I, I feel like he's corrupted in the first 30 minutes of the movie, I'll say, because of what that guy does to him and then what the, peop- the people who steal the money from him. Like, I, I just feel like... But, but even- I, even I like him going to Dublin, it's just like they hand him twenty guineas. It's very, it seems like very obvious. So like, just let him go to Dublin and and like drink himself into a stupor and like chase after women and just get him out of our hair for a while. I, you know, I, I gotta say, I don't think he was corrupted at all. I think from the moment they opened the movie, he was self-serving. He was like you said, impulsive. Um, I, I saw no change in character throughout the movie, no major change, right? I see somebody who gets older and more weary, but he was the same character at the end of the movie as he was at the beginning. He was a character who cared only about himself. That was it. I think he, he, he was, a, he was jealous. He like even his family, they even sat him down when he was young and said, this is what your family did for you. We took you in and you're threatening their financial stability right now. You have to think of other people. And he didn't give a shit about them. This wasn't something that other people did to him. This is who he was and who he always was. And this was his driving trait throughout the movie. I, I agree. Yeah, really, really, I really agree. quickly, really quick. Re, re, if, if I, Pete, did I cut you off? No, you're good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Go on. That's okay. That's okay. You cut you cut me off, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the like I think like Brian, what you said. So right? what I was saying with no, no. <laughs> was really that that whole self serving um, that that whole part of him was really exemplified by when he so he saved the Prussian uh, general in the war, and I was like, wow, he's very heroic, and he got money for it. And then now they took him in and like, we're going to make you a part of the special police force. You're going to spy on this guy for no reason uh, other like he's he he told them he was spying on him. He sided with them and then he abandoned. And it might have been I, it was just he seemed I forget exactly what was his his impulse at the time. It was like this man was a fellow Irishman or English. There's another Irishman. And he yeah. kind of connected with them. So, yeah, I yeah, don't so think he didn't where really. Have loyalties any really to anybody? It seems. But where you guys are saying that he was like um, self-interested in a pretty bad way in the beginning of the movie, I view it as he was just being a normal human being in the beginning of the movie. Even in all those times that he was self-interested and doing things, I, that that's what it seemed to me. It was more of like a human condition type of thing. Of, of but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, mean, that's, really, I can that's, see. That's that, I can see an argument being made that there's still hope for him, and in his younger years, like if he's just molded correctly. Um, but it, it seems to kind of go. It, it's it sets a tone for his, his actions. Were I didn't. I didn't chastise him at the beginning. I wasn't coming down on him for that. I mean, yeah, he. I mean, he didn't have a father. His father figure he just died in a duel, but that just kind of. And yeah, he was young, he was foolish, but throughout the whole film, he he does just kind of go on this rampage of of like gets worse. What's what's in it? What am what am I gonna get out of this situation? And then when once, he once he point, reaches high society, sorry. Yeah, once he gets into high society, that whole let's 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 see what I can get for myself, it just it destroys the family because he's in this society where like everything is about how you present yourself and being a proper gentleman. And then when he beats the crap out of Lord Bullington in front of everybody that just he now he's no longer like accepted in the society he's got all these debts that he's piling up something to think about like in his early life just because he didn't do all these really shitty things when he was he actually did do shitty things when he was younger but he did more shitty things as he progressed through life but that's not be in my opinion that's not because he was getting worse that's because he just had more opportunity to be himself Right. Huh. So like, I feel like w w with opportunity, he just did the same thing he always would have done. If he was more powerful back when he was a younger kid, he would have done a lot worse than that. But he just did exactly what he had an opportunity to do. So I, I don't I still don't think he changed because I, I, I don't see this progression toward awfulness. I just see a progression toward more opportunity to, to have more influence. What did you think about the Chevalier, his uh, mentor? <laughs> I I thought I thought I did I I thought that he saw it was one a moment of weakness he had two moments of weakness number one was was when his son died but then as as Ebert noted in his review he noted he it's a little self serving because he saw himself in his son okay and so number two was I thought when he when he kind of broke down because he was trying to get out of his situation. And when he saw that the guy was Irish, I think he did have a moment of weakness, but also like, you know, he sees a little bit of himself there an opportunist who's Irish, who came from a different background. So again, it's a little self-serving. Uh, so oh, that, that, that's did, the way. Did, 
did anybody look up what a Chevalier is? It's a American car. I mean, it's there's the, this Ford, there's there's Dodge, there's Chevrolet. No, Chevalier. Um, I know, but, but at that scene that Brian just described, the narrator was awesome at that moment where he describes like the hearing the voice of your own language uh, and, and what it does to you. Phil Raguch and Marco, you guys must have had that moment over in uh, Korea or or Thailand where you just sort of like come to tears when you hear an American voice that you can finally talk to. I meet someone in a in a in a in a, in a Korea in a in an American <laughs> bar. And you're just yeah, it's more like you get yeah. Uh, any anyway, let's let's move on to a little segment we like to call QQ says. I I put a photo in the chat. Meow. Kubrick loved cats. Meow. No cats in this film, but Kubrick was a cat fan. My favorite director so far. Meow. In the chat, there's a picture of Kubrick with a cat. <laughs> there was a dog in this movie, though, I think. Yeah, there's one dog in the movie. And a lot of horses. Again, not, not many cats. A lot of horses. How about the scene where the kid was thrown off the horse? Yeah, that kid was... What, did they have a, a mattress there to catch the stunt kid? <laughs> but the, the horse could have easily fallen on top of the kid and crushed him. Do you notice how cropped that photo was? I think there was something he didn't want to show us because it was literally zoomed into just the horse's back. It's like, okay, he does not want to get legally in trouble here. So you're right. That was very cropped. And like, yeah, how did they do that scene? I mean, that was legit. The kid was on a horse. The horse was on its hind legs and the horse tipped over with the kid on it. Knowing, knowing Kubrick, I'm sure nobody was in any danger. It was all done proper with the with everyone's safety and well being in mind. But that's something to look up. That's a good. I didn't see anything in in any research. For, uh, for any for anyone who is interested, Chevalier, literally French for horseman, a French title originally originally equivalent to English knight, later frequently used by men of noble birth or noble pretensions who could not claim any of the standard territorial titles. Perfect. Oof. Perfect. There you have it. Hmm. Did, uh, did anybody get a Forrest Gump feel to this movie? Really? I didn't, I didn't get a Forrest Gump feel. Well, sorry, like an, in, an inverse yeah. Forrest Gump. An inverse Forrest Gump. Well, like the, I didn't see a shrimp boat. Oh, I see the war, him carrying his uncle off into just war. A guy of. who just kind of traverses through life in the, all these different, and is thrown from one phase to another to another and succeeds, except he's like the anti-Forrest Gump. Okay. So, I so, also saw parallels to The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly because because the, the, there was a huge backdrop of okay. foreign culture. And and whereas that was that that serves as the backdrop, but not the major focus, and that was the entire plot of like Good, Bad, and Ugly, where the focus was the so, money, the backdrop of the Civil War. All right, so so this is sort of like the anti-hero's journey, because typically you have, and in the hero's journey, you have an individual called a, a, called to um, some uh, experience of of great challenge against against the the hero's will 
who engages with adversity, uh, transforms as an individual, and uh, at, at the end, at the end of the journey, has achieved some state of um, uh, great respect or, or or wisdom. But this is sort of like the the antithesis to that uh, of the tip, of the sort of rise and fall uh, narrative, where an individual who perhaps not through uh, appropriate merit or, or, or development achieves a certain status that perhaps they're not ready or meant for or mature enough for finding themselves um, back at the bottom because they can't hold on to whatever wealth or status they've managed to let themselves into. Why we're, why we're, uh, saying what it reminded us of. Did we get the jerk vibes? <laughs> I definitely got the jerk. I didn't see any cans. I don't know. Have mm. I seen that? I don't think I've seen that. Steve Martin. This when he it's like, and then I don't need anything. All I need is this, the painting, the statue. <laughs> Spoiler, <laughs> man. Spoiler. I I actually, I was I was gonna ask your opinion on uh, Redmond's eye for art. It's like, oh, I like I like the blue in this one. Yeah, classic, classic. Like, I don't know anything about art. I'm just gonna like say a color. I didn't. I didn't get that's the, exactly the character, right? Yeah. I mean, but I did. I did know. That's when I was like, oh, these this 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 film is looks like the paintings. And we didn't talk about the the costume. The cost didn't. Brian, did you begin? Did you say the costume won like like that? I think they won Academy. Yeah, Award. They, they won an Academy Award for best costume. Uh, so. Yeah, those Just, were those were a combination of dresses and outfits they bought as antiques, and then they made they made them. So some of them were actual antiques, some of them were made. Well, yeah, for because what they did. So the the they for the um the British soldier uniforms, the people in the foreground all had legit you know cotton made or wool i think wool made i forgot what they were made of maybe wool wool made legit Brit old british uniforms and everybody else had these cheap alternatives that were in the background right so which which makes sense you know you don't need the guy 50 feet from the camera to be in the <laughs> right purpose. just just paint his body the color of his clothes and you just, you just have him run naked uh, it's a lot easier you, you know, you know yeah. another, another, oh sorry go pete no, I was just going to say that the um, the headdress worn by Lady Linden at her first scene where she's uh, playing cards, it's just amazing. Totally amazing. Kind of your style? Just, no, just above and beyond award. That's all. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a fantastic. Yeah. If if a character could get above and beyond, but but we, we it has to be one of us. I, Unless I, um, Pete, Pete show up in one of those headdresses. That would be great. One thing I noted during this film was like uh, what I really miss is how easy it was to get out of engagements, right? Do you remember he invites you, he's at dinner and he sees another guy dining, goes up to the table, he's like, hey, we're throwing a party. And the guy's like, oh, I think I'm busy that day. But I don't know because I actually have to go home and check my calendar. And then after I do that, I'll write you a letter to tell you if I can come or not. Oh, that's a good cap out. That's a great oh, cap out. It's, and it's perfectly acceptable. Okay. okay. Was anybody else? Did anybody else uh, was surprised to find fine dining like that particular that modern fine dining at at that period? The menu. I was surprised at the menu. 
Yeah, the menu. Exactly. I, they, I don't know they, how, how historically accurate that is, but I was totally shocked by the menu. We should look that up. Were there menus in the late 1700s? Interesting. Ooh, what is the history of the menu? I like it. You know, before we, lose, before we lose Marco, I, I have one comment just to skip ahead about um, the uh, the kid's funeral procession. Did you guys notice it was being pulled by like sheep? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did. That, oh, that's all. That's sheep. all. Just giving credit where it's due. That's well, all. let's do. Oh, should we do note down? Menus, menus have been around in Europe since the 18th century. Oh. Um, yeah, menus have also been discovered from the Song Dynasty in China. So, so the the Chinese were were about a thousand years ahead of their time, and uh, yeah, but but it is it is uh it it, it is the proper time period for All the right. menu. All right, shall we shall we note dump it? Note yeah. dump in quotes. Oh yeah, I I've got a I've got a, a, a just a gem of a story that I picked. I would, I watched a little documentary on the filming of this. It was in, so it was all in Gaelic or it was, so I couldn't, you know, they had, but they had subtitles. So I watched it half an hour. So Kubrick and everybody basically arrived as an army in this small town in, in, in Ireland. Okay. And they came by storm, but like Kubrick is pretty secretive about his filming. So nobody knew what was going on. And he took over the entire top floor of this hotel Right. And so in one of the first days, he sends this guy and as, 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 as quote in in quote moon boots, a bandana and and, you know, who just like looks completely well, the guy out of Hollywood in the 1970s. And he walks into this car dealership and he goes, he goes, I need to buy eight minibuses, eight vans and four cars. And the car dealership guy is like the small town. He's just like. Are you taking the piss, man? Like, get the fuck out of here. You know, and so he said he just sends him away. He's like, get the fuck out. And the guy's like, all right, he leaves. And so the car dealership guy finishes his day. And then he's on his way home and he goes to the pub. And the pub is like jumping with people. It's like a party there. And he walks in, he's like, What the fuck is going on here? And it's the guy from the Volkswagen dealership who's their competitor. And he goes, some dude came in and bought eight vans, eight minibuses, and four cars today. We made a huge profit. Here, has a glass of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> they interviewed this guy during the time. It was unbelievable. That's great. That one salesman who had happened to get that, he was it was his turn to get that commission for the sale. And dude, that's it. You just you know what? Go through with the sale. He's like, there's no way this guy's legit. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, on a on on another Kubrick note, uh, Kubrick did 20 to 50 takes. So he did a ton of takes, which uh, I guess the the main the main character there, the main guy there was was getting annoyed by it. And it's on it's similar to Scorsese, Scorsese, I guess, was inspired by Kubrick. This was his favorite Kubrick film, Barry Lyndon, because I know Scorsese oh. was classic. He did doing tons of takes. Yeah, Ryan O'Neill passed away this year, I believe, right? Oh, okay. as did um, oh. as did Murray Melvin, who plays the Reverend. Oh, uh, did, did anybody year. else keep thinking that that Ryan O'Neill looks like Heath Ledger? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's my note. All right, uh, and 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 I'll give my quote, and then I I got to be off. I got to catch a plane. So my my quote is, um, uh-huh. 
A lady who sets her heart upon a lad in uniform must prepare to change lovers pretty quickly, or her life will be but a sad one. This heart of Li Shen's was... Li Shen's? Li Shen's? I have no idea how to pronounce it. This heart of Li Shen's was like many a neighboring town and had been stormed and occupied several times before Barry came to invest it. A passage. Oh, good. It's great. Great. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, there are other ones. There is there is actually like several several, um, but I, I I I don't have them written down. But many yeah. many a number of quotable quotes. I got a quote here. As long as we're on to quotes, um, I'm a man that would rather be known as a cuckold than a fool. Yeah, mm, go on, lady, 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 um, lady, lady. What's her name? Linden. Lady, lady, lady Linden's um, former husband. When? Yeah. We go. Uh, oh, uh, really, really quickly. Uh, gentlemen may talk of the age of chivalry, but remember the plowmen, poachers, and pickpockets whom they lead. It is with these sad instruments that your great warriors and kings have been doing their murderous work in the world. Thank you for saying that, Marco. I, I, I that that was the, I, I wanted to write that down and didn't. Thank yeah, you. That was a good one. And and I thought that was a great insight into like an underlying theme of the movie of just saying like these people are crooks that's that's yeah and I, it's the the movie actually there are a few really good philosophical themes to the movie as well as a social commentary um and your, your idea of the rise and fall the idea of of you can look at it as a destructive element does well within a certain context but in a, at a different context where one needs uh to, to be a, have a mind of preservation um, this is basically Barry Lyndon, very good at getting at the top, but he has no idea how to preserve anything. So he immediately loses everything because he's ultimately uh, a destructive force within within the story. Um, social commentary on on aristocracy and, and and wars in general. So many many a thing to to for further discussion. And on that note, I have to catch a flight. Wait, rating? Get... Rating? What? Oh, rating. Uh, th- uh, 3.5, um, uh, hold on, hold on, give me a second here. 3.5 rich widows out of four. Ooh, yeah. Okay, here we go. All right. Any other, All right. Marco? Uh, enjoy, guys. Have safe, happy trails. Enjoy enjoy the uh, bathhouses. Yeah. Will do. I, I'm I'm going to be taking advantage of the bathhouse at the Os- Osaka um airport how do you pronounce it again unsen 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 don't 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 go to japan asking for an onsen because nobody's gonna know what the heck no no unsen unsen all right cleanse marco cleanse yes yes (laughs) there's lots to cleanse this time uh okay on that note see you guys here you go see ya Okay, so now that he's gone, I think he meant Lolita for his family movie. Anyways, listen, let's let's. (laughs) Are we? Do we have any other? um, I got a couple quotes. Quotes. Here we go. Um, I or when he mentioned a or have the cook flavor my omelet with arsenic. I like that one. (laughs) And then I get two more. <laughs> oh yeah, just very simple. Let me go home and check my calendar and write you. I love that one. And then finally, uh, it, the one that's dear to my heart: 
Five guineas should never keep two gentlemen from their drink. All about nice. the horse, yeah. 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 I thought that was brilliant. He he was throwing money around. Sure was. That he was. Yeah. Uh Pete, do you have any quotes or notes? Um, no, just a final comment is that the I really like the music in the movie. It was um it, it was funny. Uh, Brian made the comment earlier about how how the director wanted to narrator wanted to use the narrator to tell you what 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 you were about to watch. You know, hey, this is going to be his downfall. Yet there was so much suspense. Like that final duel scene, there was like 15 20 minutes of great suspense and the music was amazing. The music was amazing at points throughout the whole movie whether it was like romantic or military uh very old fashioned music but um that just giving a shout out to the music that's all yeah good that's a good point about the suspense Peter. i didn't think about that that duel that was i was sitting on the edge of my seat being like i have no idea what's about to happen no clue even though the narrator tells you but you you don't really know what's going to happen in that scene and that was yeah it was hugely suspenseful it's about the journey not the destination Oh, the music. Um, you know, the music actually Stanley Kubrick called the chieftains to do some of the uh to actually play some of the old music, the band. So hmm. the, they pulled the chieftains to do it. And and they and they and they sourced a lot. And and by the way, I should mention during the filming, they sourced almost entirely the local population and employed the local population. They didn't bring in their own people, which is what I thought one really cool thing. Um, but including like teaching people how to do old dancing and then figuring out what the old music was at the time. And so then once he did, he called on the guy from the chieftains. That's interesting. Did any of the locals get crushed to death? Maybe the kid in the horse. <laughs> yeah. The narrator even told you that the kid was going to die like about 15 minutes before it happened. Yeah. It was a very odd movie in that way that they're just like, here's, here's what's going to happen to this family. Because like, like Rigoud says, it wasn't about the result. It was about the journey. Yeah. Pete, that's, and that's a great point, too, about the music. Uh, we haven't talked about the music at all, but it was very, uh, it was very fitting for what was going on. Um, yeah, Pete, I noticed. Go ahead. No, no, go. No, go. I, I noticed the music also, the scene. I think the first like romantic scene where, where he met Miss Linden after the card game out on the balcony. Um, just, just to not throw out another scene where I thought the music uh, was pretty good in that. That's all. Do you want to do you want to roll that into your rating? Because I have no more notes. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. Um, let's see. So my my feeling is this: there there were parts of this movie that I would say are like a nine, right? But overall, the full three hour package. There were also parts where I felt like a six. I don't know. There were there were parts where I just sort of felt like a little bored or not not into it. I, I, so I, I don't know if that's a problem with me or the movie. Um, so I'm going to average those and give it a seven Chevaliers. Chevaliers out of ten. Good correction, Pete. Good correction. There you go. You take you know French more than any of us. <laughs> it's close. Chevy's Chevy's for short. Oh, poo. Uh, oh, poo. Brian, would you like to give your rating? Would you let? Would yeah. you like to meet it? Yeah. No, I'll. Uh, you, you know me in long movies. You really got to nail it. You got to hit a home run for me to like a long movie. Um, 
but then again, I sat and watched Satan Tango, which was seven hours. So that kind of helped redefine what was a long movie. So this was a little bit more tolerable. I give this one a four out of five adult spankings. It, it would be yeah, if you gave it great six. use of color. We didn't talk about this, but this one of the reasons I chose Kubrick was because I know he he uses color in a really um, a really like spot not spontaneous a really um flashy way and hopefully meaningful way that we can explore in the later weeks. But awesome use of color in this movie. Yeah, I I mentioned that in my very intro. That was like the first thing I noticed was color. And I also noticed at the end, I'm not sure if it was intentional, it seemed like it got dimmer and darker, not as colorful as the kind of, the, you know, the mood got darker. Um, yeah. Pete, were you going to say something? Oh, just in terms of the length of the movie, it, it had me wondering whether I would have enjoyed it more if it was like broken up into two movies or or if it would be if it was broken up into like an HBO series like game of thrones like over four episodes so that, that's all i was wondering like how much that was my exhaustion was playing into it oh that's funny what about the reverse question how many of these series that we love would we actually hate if they were put together in a movie probably all of them yeah yeah because it would be a, it would be a series now it, it's it's different though as a series because to have a good series, you need to really connect with the characters, I think. And, and part of the, the whole point of this is you don't really connect with any of the characters. That's the, to read um, off of that, I think it might have been the same Ebert review that you were referencing, Brian. Uh, this, is, this is based on the novel by Thackeray, which is the first novel without a hero observes a man without morals, character, or judgment, unrepentant, unredeemed unrepentant unrepentant so i think that's the fact that he has those characteristics where like ah oh, this guy and in some ways I, I was interested to see where it goes but i don't think it would have held my attention for over a long period of time and i love the long movie i'm like the opposite of you bry i i just give me a long movie where nothing happens say and satan tango did redefine what a long movie is for us it's it's kind of like when you when you you have to drive for like two hours and it seems like a long time but then you go on like an eight hour drive and then all or, or like all other trips after that don't seem as don't seem as long as they did before until the clock resets like too many too many months pass and then you have to reteach yourself that lesson mm. yeah so wait what's your what's your rating I would give it a 7.5 out of 10 uh, cousins ribbons in a bosom. Uh, so good. Yeah. I don't know where, you, I would where, give... are you, where are you going to put them? You, you'd need seven and a half cousins. I don't know. That's a lot of people. A lot of fun. Anyways. A lot of fun. Anyways. And fuck it. I'm giving the lead a 10 out of 10. I'm just, this is, I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoa, wow. Wow. <laughs> Oh my God! The second ten out of ten in, in two months. What am I gonna wait three, four? four I'm gonna wait five, wow. four or five months before I There's even a talk lot about Lita. The pressure's on, Brian. We know you're next month. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm gonna beat Colin to the punch and do a Schwarzenegger month. Ooh. I do have that versus month in my pocket too. You missed? Did you miss the conversation we had about Schwarzenegger? Was there? Was that? We had a, we had a, we'll, we'll talk about it after. Um, <laughs> wow. I'll propose it, but yeah, I, I cannot talk about Lolita. I, that movie was so good. So entertaining. 
but no, I'll, don't, I'll shelve don't. the talk talk. But it, this will be interesting because we could see we can see how how my review might change after a second viewing. Maybe I find maybe I'll think a little differently. Um, listen, shipmaster general, if you guys want me to hop off, I can hop off, and you guys can do like twenty minutes of Lolita, and I I'm won't listen to it. No, we're not. Oh, so you people. haven't seen it? No, I um, haven't seen it, and that's why I can jump off if you guys want to talk about it for a that's bit. That's okay. We'll shelve it. We'll shelve it. Okay. All right. Any anything else? Um, that was no. That next week is uh, next week is a, is a movie that I honestly fear watching, but because I know it's disturbing. Uh, a Clockwork Orange. Yeah, Clockwork Orange, and I'm reading the book. I'm almost done with it. Is it like reading the book of uh, American Psycho? Is it that bad, or it's like reading oh, it? American Psycho if if um, Patrick Bateman spoke in a slang that was invented by the author, and you had to re refer to a glossary every other sentence to find out what they were talking about because there's like an invented language in it, which oh we'll get more into that. Which I'm starting to learn because it's the same. You like verbs are repeated, like C is vidi. I'm gonna go. Well, video. we expect an entire entire MREC introduction in that lingo next week. Then, oh, like I don't already have it half written at this point. <laughs> so sure, we'll do it. We'll do it. I've been taking notes. Um, yeah, that was okay. MREC. Anyone got any plugs? If if you need uh, to, NASA. A plug, yeah, a plug to a plug to 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 public funding of science. Because uh, without without public funding of NASA, we wouldn't have had that beautiful candlelight scene that uh, that in which the, what enabled that was that that specific camera lens that he borrowed from NASA. So shout out to NASA and our astronauts, which oh, a nice little tie into what's going to be week five. Space Odyssey. Awesome. We'll get we're plugging NASA. Pete, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, this past week's movie was on HBO Max. If anybody's interested, go watch it there. Because HBO Max, if you want a subscription, because we know they, they need all the help they can get over there at HBO. <laughs> um, I would like to plug, you know, if, if ever during the holiday, I don't think Mako would mind me saying this. If you're, if you're ever feeling down in the holidays and stressed about your family, you you spend the holidays with Brundell Rays. It'll uh, it'll it'll make you feel uh, a, little, a little uplifting. Other than that, if you need to contact at us, contact us at mrackfilmclub at gmail.com if you need to contact me, Brian, Pete, uh, QQ, or Marco. And yeah, see you next week.